Good day, ladies and gentlemen of the world, and welcome to the Global Advocate Power Radio, also known as the Gap Radio, where we discuss pressing issues, powerful advocacies, and inspiring stories of today. Different people from different backgrounds around the globe. Our aim is to create a strong partnership between allies to support and empower each other's fights. In this series, we will be talking about what it means to be a global Filipina. And here with us today is philanthropist, entrepreneur, and one of the most influential Filipinas today, Christine Amo Navarre. Hello, Christine. Hi, Hira. How are you? Nice to be on the show. Oh, thank you. Thank for you. Thank you for coming on air with me. This is very exciting. I've been really looking forward to talking with you because I know that you have a lot of stories to share and I know that we will be inspiring a lot of listeners out there. So to start off, let's talk a bit about your background. How long have you been working in your career? Um, so it's been a while. Um, I, I went to university uh, many years ago, over 20 years ago. I went to Japan. Um, for my university days. And then I started working um, in a very exciting industry in advertising. I joined uh, an American advertising agency in Tokyo. And then from there and on, I kind of worked in different parts of the world, uh, moving to what I call the client side, or I work for Nike in sports and marketing um, in the US and Latin America and Europe. And I came to Singapore where I'm based today, uh, almost uh, 14 years now. Um, so, yeah, so I've been working kind of uh, all over the world and now being based in Singapore, haven't moved for a few years. So this is kind of home for now. That's amazing. So you've really been all over the world. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been to many parts where I've lived and worked and I've also traveled in many parts. But of course, there's so many places that are still on my bucket list um, that mm-hmm. I want to explore. So, so I wouldn't say the whole world. There's still many, many other parts that... <laughs> I'm dreaming to go to when we can travel again. And may I know, what is it, this uh, place that you've been dreaming to go to? Oh, there's so many. So I'd love to, first of all, I'd love to go back to Antarctica. So I've been, I was climbing in Antarctica a couple of years ago, and I just love the experience because it's so untouched and beautiful. That's amazing. Um, and women there. Um, so I'd love to go back. So I'm actually planning another expedition there in January 2022. Wow. Um, and Maybe you can re- count me in. <laughs> Oh, that would be wonderful. I will definitely send you some details about that because I still have a couple of spots on my team. I've been recruiting the team already. Because, oh. you know, some of these trips you have to plan way ahead of time. Right. Um, yeah. And then, of course, there are many parts. I want to go to uh, northern Russia. I've been to Siberia already, but there's another part of Russia that like, that's like slightly on the eastern side called Kamchatka, which is supposed to be very beautiful volcano uh, land. They have black bears, and it's supposed to be a beautiful place to hike. Uh-huh. Um, so those are, you know, places that I've been dreaming of going. Um, you know, that's amazing. Not in the not too far distant future. That's amazing. You really are quite the adventurer. It's amazing. It's it's like <laughs> I think this is one of the um, most interesting qualities that like I've read about you because you've been all over the world, and it's not just like the usual traveling. You know. And first of all, you do, you do adventure when you travel, which like a lot of people are not really keen into doing. Mm-hmm. 
just like well, it didn't <laughs> the interesting thing is it's true that the travel that I organize is not the usual touristy type you know and I, I definitely put an emphasis on discovery and a physical challenge so it does attract um, a certain type of woman because I, I, I only travel with teams of women because this is about what I do is about um, bringing women together to support other women in need mm-hmm. and other vulnerable women so it's true that it takes a little bit of uh, a sense of adventure but it's you know, we don't take any crazy risks or anything. I work with very professional tour operators, people who are specialized in those countries that we go to um, that have a lot of um, experience on the ground. So right. so definitely it's worth, um, you know, the, the, the trips I organize are pretty life-changing in many ways. So it's really uh-huh. embracing an interesting uh, kind of remote uh, culture and place. We try to mix with indigenous people. We try oh. to visit women's groups when we go there. So we make it a full immersion in terms of cultural experience for our team and then uh, also obviously a physical challenge so either a crossing yeah, I, of a desert or exactly of a exactly it's kind of like a win-win situation because you travel for a cause and then your travel is even also a cause for your personal development i think it's important for us to do a full immersion with a community where we go to especially with communities that are fully untouched by civilization or well not really civilization but like Um, you know, far from technology and all the busyness of the city life, right? Just to have like a... Going back to some basics, you know, and and going back to the source of humanity in some ways, you know, like one of the trips that we did was we we crossed, uh, I took a team to cross the largest cave in the world in Vietnam. And it, you know, we went underground basically to cross this huge cave for about uh, five days. And, you know, it was like stepping back in time. You know, yeah, we felt yeah. like it was how the world was millions of years ago. That's we, amazing. We thought, yeah, it is, was incredible, That's the experience. Amazing. because It's really like going back, you know, to another moment in time. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I think it's really worth a try. I would love to join. And um, can other people join in or how, yeah, how would course, it be? Yeah. So usually they have to contact, uh, contact us. And at the end of our interview, I can give you some we can share some That's contact perfect. details. Oh, I love. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's amazing. And my, what a really huge background you have, you know, you have been in the art, the fashion, the luxury, media industry, and even sports. I can just imagine how exciting your life is. For sure, you've learned a lot of lessons as well, a, a lot of uh, teachings on the way, a lot of values as well. It's just so inspiring that a Filipina can be so influential in so many great industries, and I just love it. But I would like to ask you right now, did you always want it to be in this profession? Um, so no. So basically, when I was uh, finishing up um, high school and university, I knew that I wanted to work in... Um, an industry that was, you know, going to connect me to people. So I'm, I'm an extrovert and I love sports. And so obviously my, my dream was to work in sports, but I didn't quite know how to do that yet. You know, um, uh, my, my degree at university was uh, more of a general degree, which was business, economics, and mm-hmm. I studied Japanese as well. So languages has always been a big uh, passion of mine as well. So I, I grew up in the Philippines uh, with about three or four languages, like many, uh, many of us, but because I wasn't a in a home where my parents spoke French, you know, so we, um, and then later on, I picked up Japanese and through oh. my work, um, I, I also picked up Portuguese and Spanish, but basically I wanted to work in marketing. Um, 
and you know and and i started actually working for as i mentioned an advertising agency and later on i was able to join nike because i love sports so for me uh -huh. the, big, the the first objective was to work in an exciting industry that you know that was uh, for an in interesting brand and obviously sports was kind of my dream and later on it led me um, to set up my nonprofits um, that are still around sports and adventure. So to, I didn't know early on that ultimately I wanted to work in the humanitarian field. I didn't know that. But it's interesting how everything I've done in my career has connected to where I am today, obviously. Amazing. I love it. You know, sometimes we, we, we take our paths and then our paths just lead us to something that oh, we kind of didn't expect that then we end up plugging it anyway. You know, I just love that. Yeah, but you know, I know that we all have challenges along the way. So was there ever a time when you had a difficulty in your career just because you're a woman? I think some, one of the toughest moments was when I was operating in, um, in, like in Japan at the beginning of my career and working in Japanese. And, you know, I had studied Japanese at university, but of course I was still a foreigner and I was working all day long in Japanese at a very junior level because mm -hmm. it was my first job. So that was a difficult kind of immersion and experience. Um, later on throughout my career to different points, um, obviously there, you know, because I switched, um, uh, different countries. Every time you, you change countries, you have to adapt to different ways of working. And, you know, and when I moved to the U.S., that was my first time to live in the U.S. That was also different, even though language was not an issue. I spoke English, obviously. Um, but culturally, Americans, are, again, are very different from Europeans and Japanese. So I think for me, the, the biggest challenges were when I switched jobs or careers and countries, uh, just adapting to working, you know, successfully with different people. Mm -hmm. um, and just adjusting, as you can imagine, to different uh, culture shocks and, and, and cult, you know, cultures that are very different every time you move. Um, in general, I have a pretty good work ethic. So I've, I've, I've been very lucky to have good bosses and mentors along the way, both men and women, who have helped me uh, do well and, and gave me the guidance I needed when I was younger, uh, all the way up to today, where I've had opportunities as well in Singapore. Um, so I think those were kind of the, the main issues was just more of an ad adaptation because I moved and worked in so many parts of the world. Mm -hmm. uh, but it teaches you as well to stay flexible and open-minded, right? And you learn so much uh, when you are faced with environments that are different. Exactly, exactly. I totally agree with that. And, you know, um, you've been all around the world. Well, <laughs> for me, you've been around the world, but like for you, you're not. But um, do you think that we need more women in business or in the industries that you've been into? Absolutely. Um, so I'm a big advocate of that, you know, and everywhere I go and including my nonprofit work has been promoting uh, women, helping them, um, you know, have access to better livelihoods, education. So I'm a huge believer that uh, if more women are in leadership positions, around the world we will have a better society a better world and there's there's so much that we can point to that shows not only that business do better when there are more women um, you know at different uh, levels of leadership but also just in on grassroots uh, opportunities if you give women more opportunities to do well with their livelihoods and even in in developing countries um, there's a lot of proof that we see how if you help a woman she helps a family she helps a community and the ripple effects are huge Right. Um, so, so one of the, the big kind of uh, focuses of my, my work over the last few years has been to raise funds for educational programs for women, for livelihood opportunities for women, 
it's very much focused. Both my nonprofits, Women in a Mission and Her Planet Earth, has a, have a strong female empowerment focus. Yes. Because I know that if you want to, to, to impact the world in a positive way, one of the surest ways to do that is to support women. And it also has an impact on climate change. Yes. Um, there's so much data out there about that. Um, yes. that I'm completely convinced obviously and, and this has been my life's mission uh, very much so over the last few years. I love it yeah I totally agree with you and uh, what does being a global Filipino mean to you? So you know I'm so uh, happy that I'm part Filipina. <laughs> I'm so proud to be a Filipina so so being Filipina for me is something that's so close to my heart. You know I was born in the Philippines I grew up mostly in the Philippines although I did grow up also partly in Europe uh, my mom is a very proud Filipina uh, who always taught us to be uh, very, you know, uh, aware of our roots. Um, and also, as you know, in the Philippines, women are very strong. Uh, we run most of the big organizations. We run haciendas. Um, so when I was growing up, as you, as you know, we had so many examples of strong Filipinas. You know, we've had two female presidents. So for me, being a Filipina is, is something that I carry like a badge of honor. Yeah. Uh, you know. It's, it's, I'm, I'm so incredibly proud of being Filipina. Um, it, for me, the, the, the culture and the values of Filipinos are beautiful. You know, uh, we are generous and we are hospitable and we're hardworking, you know. Yes. So there's so many examples of, of Filipinos abroad. Uh, and it's so wonderful that you're doing this podcast to try to highlight some interesting Filipinos out there that are leading, uh, you know, their own truth and living mm -hmm. their own life. Mm -hmm. uh, trying to make a difference in all of the different industries that they, they touch. Um, so yeah, so I'm, I'm very passionate about my Filipino roots. Um, and, it, and it's a funny thing because um, even though I'm only half Filipina and I came out looking a little bit uh, like, a, like, like a Latina, so I don't look very Filipina. <laughs> my, brother and my sister, it's funny because my brother and my sister look much more Filipino than me. Somehow I came out with green eyes and light skin and brown hair. <laughs> so all my life I've been trying to prove that I'm also Filipina, you know. <laughs> Some people, when I tell them I'm Filipina, they don't even believe me, which makes me even more, um, you know, determined to right. say, hey, but I'm yeah. Filipina and I'm proud of it. Um, anyway, it's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's, a, it's definitely something that uh, I'm, so, I'm so proud of, as you can right. hear in my book. Right. And, yeah. uh, when I was, and I'll tell you another funny story. When I was in Japan, uh, when I was 18 and I moved to Japan and I had to learn Japanese, sometimes people thought I was half Japanese because I'm Eurasian, obviously, and I said, in, I used to think in my head, I wish I was half Japanese instead of half Filipino, because then it, would, it wouldn't be so hard to learn the language. Oh, no? Japanese yeah. is very hard. But then as I grew a bit more mature, obviously, I realized, but you know what? I love the fact that we're Filipino. I mean, our country has gone through so much, and it's true that we're still struggling in many ways. You know, we're not mm -hmm. a rich country. Uh, but we are so original and Filipino people are so fun and friendly and kind and happy. Yeah. You know, we're one of the happiest people in the world. And so exactly. stepping out of the Philippines made me appreciate my roots even more, which That's is very, nice. very special to me. That's very nice. I, it's so nice to hear that coming from somebody who's only a no. I won't say only because it's kind of like a negation, which is not really a negation because sometimes the people who are like half blooded Filipinos are Filipinos. Yeah, I guess I don't take it for granted. I don't think it's you know you know you guys are the ones who have more like pure like oh I'm I'm proud to be Filipina. You know I think it's very important for pure Filipinas out there, pure Filipinos out there to know that even people who only have like half 
um, half-blooded, if we say, we're kind of like, um, um, it's important for them to know that it's okay to be Filipinas because it's important for us to, to do this. No, it's true. Thing. It's true what you say. I mean, first of all, Filipinos are all mixed, okay? So even my exactly. mom is yeah right but, yeah. but i know that you're tr you're saying also because i've met other eurasian uh, or amerasian who are pinoys um who are sometimes hide the fact that they have filipino roots you know and i find it very sad actually and mm -hmm. i but i understand also why because uh, of the you stereotypes know, we're, we're and the stereotype yeah. yeah so i understand and i i can and you know everybody has their own journey with um their identity you know so we have right. to understand that we yeah. can't judge uh, everyone the same way. People have uh, their own experience of how they were received. Exactly. So I totally understand that. But ultimately, um, I do think that it's important to be proud of your roots, you know, exactly. and no country is perfect. And, and for sure, the Philippines has so many beautiful qualities that we should elevate. Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly what I'm trying to say. You know, it's important to really own the Filipino identity because um we can do so much about it even though like what you said earlier our country is so struggling with a lot of many things um it's really important for us to embrace our filipino identity wherever we are mm -hmm. um it's just really so sad with the stereotype um stereotypical judgment yeah i guess we shouldn't think about it too much i don't think we should worry too much but we're you're right to do what you're doing now and to help elevate other profiles exactly you know, People this have never what, been to the Philippines or have never been to school with somebody from the Philippines. They don't know, you know, they don't know any better. So they'll just see what they see, right? Which is a lot of the exactly. helpers or whatever. And who are so, uh, wonderful people, by the way, as you rightly said. So, you know, who are so brave and proud and hardworking too. Uh, exactly. It's just that there are many types of Filipinas out there, which, you know, it's, yeah. it's good to, to, to remind people yeah. of. Yeah, that's why we're doing this, these kinds of advocacies, doing podcasts featuring a lot of global Filipinas around the world who are doing so much interesting things or so, <laughs> so inspiring. And every time I do these interviews, I just get so inspired. I just get a lot of like, um, like, you know, push, push because, oh, uh -huh. these are such inspiring, strong and brave women who are making their marks out there because we all know that it's already different it's already um it's already hard enough to make a difference and put yourself out there but somehow the filipino identity comes here and then oh you know you have a stereotypical judgments you can only do this you're you're only box in this kind of identity it's even more difficult then but these women like you right now just gives a lot of people inspiration and strength and empowerment and that's Aww, just what's really really important these days <laughs> thank you <laughs> so uh, i would like to know what your advice is to the young aspirants like you hmm. oh yes so i love mentoring um, young women and i do have a lot of young women who are my friends also you know i actually have women all ages you know from older uh, ladies to my age and younger ones and I love my biggest advice for young women that I could share from my experience is that uh, definitely like I wish I had started my nonprofit work earlier but I just didn't know and I fell into it by accident uh, later on in my career when I met like-minded people who love to trek and and you know and, and we got a group of women together and we started kind of this movement you know so my advice to young uh, to younger women would be um, go for your career you know get an education go for what you love 
Um, but if you do have a special passion or a special, you know, interest, um, I would advise that on the side, uh, you even start already some sort of movements or some sort of nonprofit um, kind of entity. And it doesn't even have to be like a big legal. Um, yeah. It can be a movement on Facebook or something, yeah. something that connects to either, as you said, you know, your own life story, exactly. uh, something that you know, touched you when you were younger, or if, you know, if you love animals, you want to do something else, just something that relates to you personally, that you yeah. have a special place in your heart for, and, and just start a movement, start, start a community, um, you know, be a little activist in your own way, and start it that way earlier. So that when you continue in your career and you grow that in parallel, if one day you want to maybe focus more on it, let's say when you're, you're, you have a lot of kids and you can't, you know, if the job gets too um, complicated and you need to make a choice, then all along you've kind of groomed something yeah, um, that exactly. you could also, you know, kind of continue with and, and grow. And, and, and it really gives you the most satisfaction when you do something to help, uh, you know, communities or society or the planet. It is what gives you the, the, the most satisfaction and fulfillment in your life. And it's really the secret to happiness uh, for me. So this is my advice to, to young women, especially uh, out there, you know. I go, love it. Go, go for your dream job, but don't forget to do something to help others. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you again for sharing your story. And for sure, a lot of our listeners, yeah. For sure, a lot of our listeners have been so inspired, including me. And of course, to become global Filipinas themselves, to put themselves out there and like what you said, stand up for what is right. <laughs> so before, before we end the show, would you like to share your social media accounts or where can you ever find you on the internet? Absolutely. So I mean, they can also follow me on Instagram. So uh, so it's Christine Amour Lavar, all attached. Uh, you know, they can look for me on Instagram. I am. Um, I have a website, a personal website with a lot of information on all the different projects I do. So the same thing. It's www.christineamourlavar.com. And actually, there are a lot of links to my website, and social media. The, the links to my nonprofit uh, web websites are there as well. So that's probably the easiest way is just to look for, for my website and then click on some of the social media links if, you, if they want to connect that way as well. Um, and if you want to join my expeditions, just write to me. <laughs> I, I can tell you more. And I hope you come with us, Tyra, one day. Oh, yes, yes, I would love to. <laughs> so thank you again, Christine, and thank you to all our listeners. This is Kyra, and you're listening to Global Advocate Power Radio, a podcast initiative of Breaking Silence know more about us and our upcoming projects you can find us on instagram at breaking silence underscore mbmt or facebook at breaking silence mbmt for more info you can join our community on our facebook group global advocate power together we can make history by breaking silence see you all at the next episode